Ronananian. If the trans failed tomorrow simply by age, would you put a trans in it? If the answer is yes, regardless of, of whether or not you change the fluid, then I say change the fluid. Here I come in my the Car Doctor. I don't think you're a fan of fuel additives or engine oil additives. You know what I don't like, Peter? I don't like using a fuel additive to repair something. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ronnie and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's 24-7 phone number, 855-560-9900. This radio show is all about fixing your car. If you've got a problem, make it mine. Give me a call at 855-560-9900. Leave a message if we're not on the air. We're Saturdays, 2 to 4 p.m. East Coast time. And executive producer Tom Ray will call you back and put you in the next live queue for the next live broadcast. Without any further ado, let's kick the garage doors wide open because the list is long this hour. And let's start off with David in Maine, 06 Ford Escape. David, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Hi, Ron. Yeah, I'm looking at a used 06 Ford Escape. Okay. Um, it has 160,000 original miles. I'm not sure how many uh, uh, unoriginal miles are on it. Right. But... Uh, <laughs> Well, uh, but it needs a transmission, and the vehicle was very well kept by one owner. Right. Uh, and uh, so I was doing a little research and had seen that uh, to do the transmission, I, and I'm not afraid of doing the transmission other than it said that you have to save the transmission data. And I wanted to find out what it takes to do that. And it's, it's something or I could do the transmission and then limp it over to the local Ford dealer and have them, you know, re uh rescanned it or whatever. I believe you can do the transmission and then, you know, either the Ford dealer or a local repair shop, somebody that has scan tool flash capability for that vehicle. Um, I, I'm a little spoiled. I have a I have a Ford IDS, which is the same scan tool as as the Ford dealer. I have, I have, I have, I have too many scan tools. I lose track sometimes, but Ford ID, IDS is one of the tools in the arsenal. And, you know, it's, it's a case where in my worst case scenario, what I've had to do with some product, not just transmission, but even engine computer replacement, I've had to go back to base programming where I have to go back to as-built data, which is, which is a data sheet I will either get off of the tech line that I use in the shop because yes I, I you know I still use a tech line listen I, I'm learning every day there's no way you can keep what's coming out of the car companies these days in your head altogether you're always learning and reading um, and I will have to do a it's, it's basically zeros and ones and it's it's like hexadecimal programming when you get down into as built or you're you're checking off boxes depending upon the vehicle manufacturer so yeah sure I, I think you can do the trans and then if you still need I think what you're reading is Perhaps somebody is saying, hey, this was the last known values of certain uh, uh, keep alive memory for the transmission itself. And right. my, my argument for that is I don't know if I want to reinstall 
the last set of numbers, I would want to go through a transmission or an engine, whatever I'm replacing, relearn procedure. Because if it's got adaptive memory, chances are it's got some sort of relearn procedure. Because why would I want to put the last known good numbers back in the vehicle of the transmission as it approached failure? Wouldn't I want to have the transmission learn all over again and, and, and like like a baby learn new? That's what my question was. Yeah. That's kind of what I was leaning towards right. because if it if it could learn on its own, like I know a lot of Chryslers can do this. Yep. Just you start driving them and they seem to learn your driving habits. Um, and I was hoping that that was going to be the case. And if not, I can still bring it to uh, a local Ford dealer, but... Uh, it, they're right in town. Right. Um, right. Uh, you know, some of it's common sense, David. I'll tell you a quick story, and then I'll let you go. Um, the Suburban's been laid up. My 04 Suburban with 68,000 miles, it's been laid up for about a month. Um, I had to do parking brake shoes and some rear brakes and some other odds and ends, and we're so busy in the shop. And finally, this past week, I said, look, Tuesday, Wednesday is Ron's day. This is it. I'm carving the time out. I need to work on my own vehicle. I've, I, geez, I'm running out of cars, and I'm down to three. So, you know, I did the job, right? During the course of the repair, I had to leave the key on for a variety of reasons, for uh, keeping the trans in neutral and doing some other things, and I ended up killing the battery. No big deal. Charged the battery. Finished the truck, charged the battery, started it up, took it around the block. Everything's great. On the way home last night, I turned on the air conditioning, and I had heat. Wait a minute. You know, I felt like a customer. You know, ever since you worked on my car, and I'm going, what's going on here? And no matter where I put the temperature, I always had heat. Maybe a little less, but more. It always had heat. I thought about it. When the battery went dead, the automatic temp controller lost calibration. It didn't know where to put the blend doors. It was confused. So I said, geez, it's kind of late. I don't want to go back to the shop, get out the uh, Ford, or not the Ford, the, the GM Tech 2, the dealer-level tool. Uh, you know what? Let me, let me try a couple of things. I turned it all the way to hot. I sat there for a minute and roasted. I turned it all the way to cold, roasted a little less, shut it off. I did that three times. Three seems to be the magic number, and I don't, I don't have any scientific data to prove this works. Tried it the third time, shut it off, waited five minutes, turned it on. It worked perfect. So sometimes programming is just common sense, and my point is put the trans in the car, try driving the car, all right? How does the trans okay. operate? Drive it normal. Drive it like you were just, you know, easy foot on the pedal, easy braking, easy acceleration, and then as the car warms up and settles in in the first 10, 15 minutes, maybe drive it a little bit more aggressively. Teach it downshift, upshift, and then if you still feel like you want to and it wouldn't be the worst idea, Take it down to a local shop, provided it's operating okay, and even if it's not, and let them do a flash update. You know, software is so critical to the car today that it is now becoming part of once a year. When I do that seasonal checklist, we're starting to do flash file, flash file software update checks as well as scan uh, all modules for vehicle codes just to see what's in there. Think of it as a wellness check going to your doctor once a year for heart rate, blood pressure, and the like. Um, but, uh, yeah, by all means, do the trans, and then if you have to flash it, flash it. You'll be fine. Okay. All right, sir? That'll be great. Thanks. You're very welcome. Yeah, it's the technology is just whew, like a rocket ship. Fred Mass, how are you today, yes. Fred? Ron and Anian at your Good. service, Thanks sir. For, thanks for taking my call, Ron. You're welcome. What's cooking? I got this uh, 1986 Chevy K10 pickup. Okay. I was wondering about transmission fluid. All I can find for higher mileage transmission fluid is full synthetic. Do you think that'll hurt it? 
Nah, listen, GM GM Dex uh, six is a, is a full synthetic fluid, from my understanding. Um, yeah. And as a matter of fact, all GM recommends now is Dex six. Dex six is retroactive going back. And yeah, because I, it's supposed I, to have Dex two. Right. <laughs> and, right. And and I and I see no reason why you can't use Dex six. Um, I see no reason why you can't use a synthetic. One caution I always have on fluids. And I've come up with a phrase in my head, you know, called fluid logic. Am I going to put, and I'm not saying it in your case, but I always think about, am I going to put $300 worth of the most expensive fluid in the world into a vehicle that's worth $2.50? And, you know, we're so fluid-centric in this country, we'll, 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 we'll extend the oil change using the most expensive oil, but we'll never think about the rest of the driveline fluids, or we'll think about the driveline fluids and use the cheapest oil going. My point is, it, it's got to be a balance, right? There's, there's, you know, what did Mr. Miyagi say to Danielson? Balance, Danielson, balance, right? You've got to have, you've got to have some good here, you've got to have some good there, and it's got to meet somewhere in the middle, and it, 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 it makes for a successful vehicle life and a vehicle experience. So, uh, you know, I would have no problem using GM Deck 6 in that, and I think you'll just be fine. And just because of the age of it and where you live, obviously, I'm sure you're aware, just take a look at brake lines, fuel lines, and any undercarriage rust that might be there after, uh, what are we, 35 years now, 25 years? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, had it, I had it 31. <laughs> yeah, so it's um, – but, boy, those were great trucks. You know, you look at those trucks and, and you realize how heavy-duty things were and – you know, like oh my gosh, it was just a real, just a real vehicle. And now you look at the trucks today, and some of them. And think of how simple that truck is, right? In terms of yeah. in, in terms of technology. Uh, the, the the sad part though is if you need some of the computer parts or emission controls, they're nowhere to be found. So you're going to have to improvise or modify, as uh, as we like to say, peanut relief. So, yeah. all right, Fred. Yeah, thank you very much for taking my call. You're very welcome, sir. It. Thanks for being part of the Car Doctor family. Yeah, I'll tell you what, it's. You can overfluid a vehicle. You can overthink it and just put too much into it and make it not worth the while. So it's it's about balance, Danielson. And um, we'll leave it there. 855-560-9900. Ron and Andy, the car doctor, coming back right after this. What's more fun than listening to Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor and getting that car fixed right? 855-560-9900. Give Ron a call. Now, back to Ron. Hey, let's go over and talk to Marcus in California. Marcus, welcome to the Car Doctor, sir. How can I help? Hey, 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 hey guys. Hey, uh, I've got 05 Dodge Ram uh, 1500. Okay. M uh, 5.7. I bought it uh, a, month, a couple of months ago. I didn't didn't know about the engines and everything. It, it, it just looked good and, and, and ran good. But 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 that thing only gets about 10, 11 miles a gallon. It, 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 is there any help for me? Well, let me let me ask you something, Marcus. Is it is it a stock height truck? Is it a lifted truck? Any modifications to it? Standard wheels and tires on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No modifications. No modifications. You know, 1011 is not... <laughs> Listen, I've got a I've got a 2019 Silverado, uh, uh -huh. 2500 HD with a 6.0 in it, and right. if, if I get 10, I'm doing good. Um, you, know, <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, I, I got to tell you, it's it's not exactly it's it's not the most fuel economical thing in the world. Any dashboard warning lights on on the vehicle? Dashboard warning. You know, no, any no, check no, engine no. light, anything like that. 
No, everything works works good. Runs good. Looks good. Runs good. Okay. I, I love it. Right. But uh, you know, I, 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 I was just 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 wondering if there's any way to get any better gas mileage. Well, let's 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 do this. All right. Have you taken it to a mechanic yet? Just for a physical. You know, just. No. Yeah. And and I would start there. And you know, we've got to kind of think outside the box. All right. And it's sort right, of, right. it's it's sort of a long answer. So hear me out. All right, you know when I get the fuel mileage concern comment and question, and I'm and I'm trying to sort it out. I always look at a couple of things. Obviously, I look at the engine. I look at the engine's state of tune. I look, you know, does it have carbon deposits? Could it be a carbon deposit issue? Is it, is it a higher mileage older vehicle? And will a fuel system cleaning help? Dumping a can of Berryman fuel system cleaner in it sure isn't going to hurt. All right, Berryman yeah, will, yeah, will, right. will knock will knock some carbon deposits off. You know, visit your local O'Reilly Auto Parts, you'll find it. All right, you can get out to BerrymanProducts.com and you'll you'll find more information about all their carbon cleaning uh, methods and the, the things that they do. But beyond that, I want to look at fuel trim. I want to look to see where's engine temperature. Is engine temperature coming up to spec? You know, simple things. When you turn the key on and the engine's not running, does the check engine light come on? Oh, no, no, no. no. Well, 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 no, no, no. Listen, listen to what I said, brother. When you turn okay. the key on but the engine's off, does the check engine light light up? It should. That's bulb check. That tells you that the, okay. that, that tells you that the check engine light, the bulb itself, is working. Okay. You, you, you bought this vehicle used. You have to go through everything. All right. Yeah. You don't. You don't know if there's fault codes in here that they decided to fix it by either pulling the bulb or putting a piece of tape over it. Obviously, there's no piece of tape, or you'd see it. But you know, yeah. the simplest thing in the world to do is just turn the key on, engine off. Does the check engine light light up? Yes. Okay. At least we know it's working. No. Oh boy, are you in for Mr. Toad's wild ride? All right. Yeah. All right. And then let's scan it. Then, you know, one of the other things we can do with the engine is you're in California. California, you should be able to find a repair shop that's got a five-gas emissions analyzer. Let's do a five-gas emissions test. It's not how California inspects their vehicles, I believe, but a diagnostic shop will understand the value of a five-gas emissions analyzer, and they'll look at alpha, and they'll look at hydrocarbons, and they'll look at CO2, and they'll look at all the fuel emissions coming out the tailpipe and decide how healthy or happy is this engine, all right? Once we, once we get past that, tire inflation, are the brakes dragging? Is there, is there anything else that's causing this vehicle to have, uh, beyond hydraulic brakes dragging, is the parking brake dragging? You know, there's a, there's a half a dozen things to look at and consider when you're chasing fuel mileage. So, right, right. All right? And then last, all right, when all else fails... And you've come to the conclusion the truck's in good condition, check engine lights working, you've tried the carbon cleaning, you've done everything you can do. Go to superchips.com, all right? They're a tuner, all right? Superchips.com, and, you know, think about putting a tuner in it. And you can actually, from the driver's seat, modify and change spark advance, fuel trim. You can, you can chase and try and program for fuel economy. Now, I'm not saying yeah. you can tweak this thing and get 20 miles to the gallon out of it. Yeah, no. But no. maybe you can take it from 10 to 13. Three miles to the gallon yeah. adds up. Anything would right? help. Anything would yeah, help. It's, let me ask you something. Is 110,000 miles on a, a, a too bad for 05? No. It all depends on how it was maintained. 
There are some cars, yeah, there, there are some vehicles at 110,000 miles I wouldn't take around the block, and there are some vehicles at 110,000 miles I'll drive to California and we'll have coffee together. Uh, you know, right, it's, 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 it just depends on maintenance. Maintenance is the key. And I've, yeah, seen, yeah. I've seen some vehicles at 50,000 miles that have had such poor maintenance, I'd be afraid to get in them. And I've seen vehicles at 200,000 miles that, listen, my 97 Ranger, my little shop truck, 217,000 miles, you got to believe that thing's been maintained. I'll get in it and go anywhere in it. I, 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 I fear nothing. It's, it's, it's in better shape than a lot of the cars we work on because it's yeah, been maintained. Yeah, yeah. Um, I understand. Yeah. So, all right, sir. Okay, buddy. Thanks a lot. You're very welcome. You take good care. Let us know how it works out. We're here if you need us. Let's uh, let's um, let's pull. Let's get started with Jason. Jason, we're going to start, but we're going to pull away in two minutes for the break. But go ahead, Jason from Hi, Missouri. Ryan, um, yes, I've sir. got a 2018 Ford F-150 3.5 liter EcoBoost. Um, I'm experiencing when I'm in the sport mode, um, when I press down on the accelerator, uh, under when I start it up cold after it's been sitting for about 12 hours, I'll hear a rattle. It kind of sounds like a pressure cooker, uh, the pressure uh, regulator valve that you hear kind of rattle. Um, I'd, I'd say it's real close to that same exact sound. Um, sometimes I'll hear a loud rattle, and sometimes I'll hear a very, very faint rattle, but it's the same same rattle only in that mode do you do you think it's do you think it is a mechanical rattle like something's physically loose um as you're in sport motor do you think it's internal in the engine the engine's making more noise under 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 specific pressure um i'm thinking it's more under pressure um like i said it's only when i press down on the accelerator okay. um and and after the engine warms up i don't hear it anymore right it goes away so. I yeah. I believe I have I, I've come across a bulletin for this. Um, this sounds very very familiar. That I believe there is a software update for this issue. Ford is talking about this. So awesome. have you have you visited the local Ford dealer yet? Um, I do go in there on Monday. Okay. Um, so I could probably talk to them. Yeah, mention to them is there a and they'll have the ability they'll they'll be able to tell if if uh, within five minutes of hooking up to an IDS uh, the scan tool if there is a software update available for that vehicle. But it sounds familiar. They've had some modifications for these. Um, there was also some commentary I remember reading about specific oil requirement changes. Uh, possibly for that vehicle. And again, I say it like that because it seems like every vehicle is getting more and more specific and not everything is as exact as we want it to be. But um, talk to the guys at Ford. Don't be surprised if software is uh, the solution for your problem. If it's not, give me a call back. I'm Ron Anini and the Car Doctor. We'll return right after this. Welcome back. We're on the name of the car doctor, 855-560-9900. Let's get over to Greg in Connecticut, 18 Nissan Titan. Greg, you're on with the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Hello, Ron. So I have a 2018 Nissan Titan 5.6 V8. It's 28,000 miles, and it developed the classic sticky lifter tapping noise. Um, but it only does it from a cold start, and it only does it between, say, 1100 and 1300 rpm so lower idle it doesn't do it higher rev it doesn't do it just in that sweet spot of about 1100 1300 rpm and then it goes away after like 10 minutes it'll actually it'll actually lift or tap for 10 minutes 
at that sweet spot, right. maybe, I don't know, maybe five minutes. I never really timed it. Yeah, no, once, I'm not. Once, I'm you not get go, once you get going, it goes away. I'm not doubting you. I'm just saying. So so what's wrong with the idea of can we hook a mechanical oil pressure gauge up or do we really have a, do we have an oil starvation issue for whatever reason? Well, and, it's funny because my mechanic said the same thing. I got a good guy. Um, I haven't brought it in for its next round of oil change yet. Um Perhaps bring it in before that and let him do that. But he suggested the same thing. I wanted to see what your opinion was. Well, well. That, there's that. And then the other thing to be aware of, and this, this, this may or may not make you happy, I'm not sure. But if we go back about a year, Nissan had a bulletin, NTB 10-104, where they talked about an oil leak at the right side block ball plug. It's just below the alternator. Um, and I've seen a few of these where that, that ball plug will leak oil and it affects oil pressure. And uh, I'm not saying it's connected, but, you know, when I hear oil pressure problems on this particular vehicle or what could be an oil pressure problem on this particular vehicle, I keep that bulletin in the back of my head because I think, you know, oil leaks, bulletins, the right RPM, the right load, could it actually starve lifters for oil? I have seen through friends in the business at dealership level, um, you know, when we have those coffee cup conversations early in the morning, you know, how is your week going? Uh, what'd you do this week? I do hear horror stories of, t- of Titan engine replacement, um, Titan Armada, um, you know, that, uh, what year? Seem- oh, beginning year? 16, 17, um, maybe even some, maybe even some 18s if I think about it. I, so I had a, I had a 2015 Pathfinder that had to have an engine replacement because of a faulty design. And, of course, my mechanic goes, and you keep buying these cars. Well, it's, <laughs> you know, it's there like, is that. It's, it's, it's some, some, sometimes there's just, listen, it's, sometimes I say if the company treats you right, look, all car companies have their issues, right? It's, it's do they take care of it? Uh, you know, and if they take care of it, then you keep buying from them because I don't think there's a car out there that isn't going to break. And if you do then why does that dealership have a service department? They're all going to break. Well, it's, yes, and, and, and as you, uh, to, your, to your point, they have stood behind everything I've ever purchased right. from them. Yep. I have the bumper-to-bumper on this one, and I have, you know, I'm really good about my maintenance. I have every oil change, every receipt, every maintenance record. Right. I, you know, I'm that guy. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, I just wanted another opinion on that as well. Now, that oil leak you speak of, the coffee cup conversation, uh, you pointed out, is that something I would see? Because I don't, I don't see any oil leak, and I check the oil, and it's like, you know, pretty much dead on where it should be. You should, but it may also be something in the very early stages that has nothing to do with this lifter noise, that if that, okay. if that, okay. if that ball is starting to seep, they've got to follow the bulletin. In some cases, they're trying to reseat the ball. In some cases, they're changing the block. So it depends on the severity. One one thought or note of caution is nothing against your guy. I, I do this exact same thing. Newer vehicles, newer engines, I try to put an OE filter on the vehicle if I think I have the potential for a conversation at, at dealer or manufacturer level because it ends the conversation with a non-OE filter did this. I can't say I've seen every dealer do it. I've seen, yeah. I've seen some of them try I to do, do it. I do insist. Yeah. Yeah, I do insist on OE parts, yep. which he respects. Um, let me ask you this: He suggested. Now he said it's uh, ten twenty. He said maybe go go up to a ten thirty oil. 
No. Now you're out of spec. Does that no. matter? No, he's, it's probably a 520 oil to go to a 530. No, I would stay within 520, spec. 520, that's what I meant. Yeah, yes. changing, yes, changing viscosity now is so critical, um, and it, it'll actually affect and create more problems. I've, I've seen issues with engines, variable valve timing actuators, changing viscosity actually affects cam timing and creates a check engine light. So, you know, everybody okay. that wants to, well, you know, my 62 Chevy used 10W30. Guess what? It's not 62 anymore. It's a it's a very right, right. it's a very different world. So you may want to not even have your mechanic do the mechanical oil pressure test. At least let the dealer look at it. Get a get an OE filter on it if it doesn't have one, and then uh, you know you'll, you'll get an answer straight from them. At least it's documented and and on call. Because to the point, if your mechanic diagnoses it and he says, yeah, it is low oil pressure. The truck's under the truck's under base warranty, five fifty or five sixty, and if you've got extended, it's probably good for a longer period of time, hundred thousand miles. So why even let him look at it? Why it spend is. why spend the money? It is. It's yeah, it's it, it's hundred thousand. So bottom line, get it into them. Right. Um, yeah, they're gonna have to do a cold star and then get it in that sweet spot, try to hear it and you know, he did say the same thing, get it in, get it documented. Yeah. So okay. Yep. Great. So you're Hope on the right track. It. Sounds like you got a good guy. Stick with him. Thanks, Ron. You're very welcome, Greg. You take good care. Yeah, I'll tell you what. It's technology changes every day. Here, you want to see technology change? Wait. Okay, it changed. You see, just that fast. And 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 that's the business of automobiles. That's how quick it goes by. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. I'm Ron Annie, the Car Doctor. I'll be back right after this. Hey, Ron and Annie, the Car Doctor here, 855-560-9900. Let's get over to Scott in Maine. Scott, welcome to the Car Doctor. Hey, Ron. Uh, Scott up in West Bath, Maine. Uh, listening to your all the time. I have an 07 uh, Ford Escape Hybrid. I understand it has the Prius drive system in it. It's a front-wheel drive, four-cylinder. It's got about 62,000 original miles on it. Car runs great. Uh, absolutely no problems, but we intermittently will get a service engine light or service soon light that comes on in the form of a little wrench on the dashboard, and okay. it's not an engine light. Yeah, well, wait a um, minute now. Is it, so if you turn the key on with the engine off, do you have, look at your dashboard lights, do you have a separate service engine light and the wrench light? No, the wrench light is something that comes on later when we start the car. It does not illuminate. You know, we just turn the key on. Right when you turn uh, when you when you turn the key on, you have a separate service engine light. Correct. Not not, not engine running. Just you know bulb check. I want to, I want to do this in bulb correct. check. Right. Correct. So so you're driving along and you get the wrench light to come on. Correct. Okay, and they scanned it for codes and there's no faults. Now, all they say is it just means you got to get your uh, engine serviced, but uh, we can't figure out what that means. I mean, we've been going as far as to uh, make sure that the small air filter in the back where the fan cools the battery, we've even heard that that may trigger the light. The fan runs fine. We put a brand-new filter in. We've looked at everything from temperature to driving time after we start the car. Sometimes it'll come on, other times it doesn't. Uh, for a while, if it came on, we would stop the car, turn the key off, turn it back on, and the light, you know, would go out. Uh, but very peculiar. Other times we'll start the car, and within uh, 20 seconds the light will come on. So it's, it's not a temperature-sensitive thing that we can determine. 
Uh, we just can't seem to figure out what might be the cause of that. We did replace a door switch. Uh, these cars, I guess, were no notorious from Ford of getting moisture in, and the car would think that the passenger door, front driver's door, was open. Right. And it would know of that. Or if we put the alarm on and walked away from the car and it was damp out, it would occur with dampness. Uh, the alarm would go off in the car, but we had the door switch replaced, and, and that's been fine. But okay. You didn't know if you had ever heard anything yeah, like this or I, anything I have. else we were going to be able to chase down. Yeah, I have. When, when, when they scan this, Scott, who's they? Repair shop, dealer? Uh, it's a repair shop. Okay. I haven't gotten it into the dealer yet. Okay. Um, when, we, the, when the repair shop scanned it, did they just, did they... I'm going to say some terms. Did they use OBD2 diagnostics? Did they scan all the vehicle modules? Do you know what they did? Good questions. I don't. Okay. Um, and um, that'll be something I'll, uh, and, and again, uh, great great question to ask my either uh, service man or you know, take it to the Ford dealership to see if they can look a little bit deeper into the code. Here's the difference, okay? Um, you've got a computer in the house. You've probably got more than one, all right? Windows is the operating system, all right? Correct. You get the Windows blue screen of death, and it puts up a hexadecimal code number that you have to go Google and say, oh, my God, what's wrong with my computer? That's manufacturer-specific, all right? So right. that would be the equivalent of Ford, all right? So you're looking on the Ford side of information. There's also OBD2. OBD2 is emission levels mandated, emission levels and requirements mandated by the federal government. OBD2 would be if you had Norton or AVG or McAfee um, antivirus software on the computer. It's monitoring or watching manufacturer software to see what it's doing. There are okay. cases where OBD2 won't pick up a fault that the manufacturer will because it's, maybe it's not a, a, a direct violation of emissions or it's not enough of a violation. It hasn't approached a certain level. There's a there's a hundred different scenarios. So, okay. you know, when I'm dealing with, and, and it's becoming more and more where I don't do this, but, uh, you know, it's when I'm dealing with a hardcore service engine light failure, I'll do a quick scan OBD2. But that vehicle doesn't leave the shop till I do a complete module scan of every module in that vehicle and you know some vehicles have 17 computers some vehicles have 117 so sure. you know the value is there and the reasoning is there it pays to do a complete vehicle scan that being said all right this wrench light I've run across this as a scenario where it can be anything from a throttle body issue all right to okay. a problem in the body computer the body computer will pick up, and sometimes I've seen it turn on a wrench light for a blend door actuator. I, that's why I come back to what did they scan? You, you know, it's if, if they only did OBD two, well, that's that's not enough. It's it's we've got to go all the way, and and the confusing okay. part is for both consumer and technician alike. We use the same diagnostic plug to do both types of scans. So you know, it's 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 not that the guy can say, well, I use the plug on the left. And it got nothing. Let me try the plug on the right. Everybody makes the fatal error of saying, well, that's the only thing to plug into in the car, and there's nothing there. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it'll kind of make you batty if you're not careful. Um, right. So I would, okay. I, I would start with a scan of all the modules. Pay attention. There's a fault in there somewhere. If there's not, um, I, if you call me back, I will find more information. But I believe the wrench light on that can also lead to a or point towards a, a um, intermittent defective throttle body if it's the system I'm thinking of. 
So um, okay. just, just be aware. All right, kiddo? Fantastic. Great lead. Thank you. You're very welcome. You have a good rest of the day. Let's pull over and take a pause, and we'll return right after this. Welcome back. We're on Andy the Car Doctor, Tim in Michigan. Tim, how can I help? Yes, sir. Yes, uh, I've found you before, but I want to get a quick thought. I know what you're going to say, but I'm going to run it by you anyway. Yeah, Tim, I'm sorry, babe. We 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 lost you. You know, the 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 call is just uh, too cockeyed. I know it was an 07 Impala transmission issues. If you're still listening, um, the the answers are kind of simple. All right. Um, I'll answer this generically as best I can. Before you go and replace a transmission in a 12-year-old, 13-year-old vehicle, what kind of shape's the rest of the car in? All right? You know, I always play the what-if game with somebody. You know, what if you put a transmission in it, and tomorrow it has head gasket failures, which are not uncommon on that 07 Impala? And, you know, what if? You always got to play what if. Now, if the answer is you'd repair it, then put a trans in it. Um, do I think you need a trans? I'm sorry we didn't get to that part of the call. The, 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 the tips would be check engine light on, um, erratic in, in terms of operation, uh, you know, um, leaks, you know, fluid leaks, things like that. My concerns become if you've got a transmission that's not shifting properly and the light's not on, the next question becomes, you know, how... How, how much do I drive it? How well do I drive it? Can I drive it? And, uh, you know, the, the, the concern there is if you have to take something apart, if you have to pull the trans to repair this, um, you're going to overhaul it. It's, it's 13 years old. Seals are dry. Seals are getting hard. Things are starting to, um, you know, get gummed up. It, it doesn't pay. If this is a problem with the trans that can be diagnosed to something where the trans is repaired in vehicle and it's, you know, a thousand bucks or less. Thousand bucks is probably high. Thousand bucks or more, I'd probably put a trans in it. If it's a six, seven hundred dollar repair, I'd probably fix it in the car. After that, I'd put a trans in it and keep it. Um, you know, re remember this: uh, a transmission, like an engine, is a major component part of the vehicle. And you know, if you change it, now you've just got the periphery to worry about: brakes, shocks, tires, brake lines, fuel lines, cooling system, the other components that go bad. Sometimes an older vehicle is not something to hang on to simply because of parts availability. If this was a Chrysler and it was an 07, I'd have a real concern because I know Chrysler is cut way back on parts. GM, you know, they sold an awful lot of Chevy Impalas. Um, there's a lot of them out there. And if you need replacement stuff, it's, it's, it's a whole lot easier to find. So my vote is, um, and I'm sorry I can't answer this better, is... Get it diagnosed, all right? Um, part of my answer, whatever you had asked me, would be, you know, if it's operating erratically, always check for software updates. Always check for hard part updates, meaning has the manufacturer, and I know GM on that trans has updated a bunch of hard parts that they've had issues with. Do some hard part update replacement. Um, you know, they've had some uh, pressure control solenoid issues. They've had a slew of things go wrong with that trans since its inception and release in 07. Um, but by all means, I, you know, cars are sometimes cheaper to keep. It's cheaper to keep her. Um, same can be said for wives, too, but that's a different show. I don't want to go there. So, Tim, I hope, uh, I hope generically I uh, somehow helped you. Um, you know, just the basic things to look for like you would look for in any type of, uh, any type of repair. So um, try to call us back next week if you need more information on a, a good, clear phone. Hey, whew, 
Where did the two hours go today? Um, just kind of flew by. Let's do a third hour. No, we can't today. There's no time. Till the next time, I'm Ron Anini, the car doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless.